The Average Football Podcast. The Average Guys Who Podcast and Shit. All right, welcome to episode two of your average NFL enjoyers. Uh, we're joined today with Ugh! and Eli Moore's breakout. Um, right off the bat, we've got something crazy to talk about. Ugh, what would you like to share today? Player profiler nice. updated their dynasty rankings to Javante yeah. Williams at number five. Now this is 21.6 years old, Javante Williams, younger than all of us. Yes, younger than even us. Second, second rounder, you know, doing looking pretty yeah. good. And Melvin Gordon is looking pretty like he's due for some decline. And his you know, contract expires this, this year. Melvin Gordon's? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unrestricted free agent. And he's already about to lose the job. Mm-hmm. Everything is lining up pretty nicely for Javante. Yeah. And history kind of repeats itself. Denver always has pretty much always has really good running backs. I mean, just a few years ago, they had the NFL leading rusher in Philip Lindsay. Uh, now he's a free agent. Terrell Davis, uh, Hall of Famer. So uh, Jeremy Hill, when he was yeah. a GOAT. Exactly. There's a you've got even best comparable no Sean Marino who did fine. Uh, and that honestly, maybe even never did fine. But uh, still, the Broncos are a great system to be in for running back. And that should hopefully produce success in the future, especially if he becomes a bell cow. And I admittedly have not watched a lot of Javante live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not that quick, especially size adjusted. He's not that quick. And he was pretty good. He, he had a 30% college dominator. We like it a, just a bit higher, but he shared the backfield with Michael Carter at North Carolina. And you so, you know, two NFL prospects right there, you know, uh, seven yards of carry in college. Great, great running back. I think it's because his agility is 90th percentile. Yeah, so – I mean, you. so if you look at his stats... Um, yeah, he's explosive. I'll pull him up right here. So, I mean, if you're putting together rushes and receptions, he's getting he's about like 10, 15. 15 a game. Yeah, um, 10 to 15 a game. You would expect that to go up if Melvin Gordon actually leaves end of season. Uh, it's like is- literally 50-50 split right now between the two of yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you see the touchdowns. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the averages are fine. He's got, I mean, looking at this, I mean, he's probably averaging about five yards of carry um, in NFL, which is crazy. He got 19 yards of reception week uh, or last week. Um, so that's pretty good. He's definitely very explosive. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little running back. I would like to talk about this week's matchups. And as a fun little tidbit, I'd like you guys to pick who wins. And then um, who you think will be the highest scoring player um, from the game? If I may, <laughs> name this player. Okay. Slot rate, 5.3%. Okay. Fantasy points allowed per game this season, 3.1 to opposing wide receivers. 
plays for a worse team in the league and is currently ranked number six in the cornerback rankings. I, can, I bet I know exactly who it is. Let's hear it. Is it A.J. Terrell? It is. Nice. What a fantastic yes. second yeah. season for A.J. Terrell. Yeah, he's having yes. a great year. He's been phenomenal. The Falcons just fucking suck. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And That's guess who uh, Guess who he gets this week? Godwin. The- Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. 6'5", Mike Evans. I think that's fine. Um, Mike Evans doesn't have the separation he used to have. Um, and he drops passes. He really does. Uh, that's kind of something that's always followed Mike Evans. This screams Chris Godwin. Starting off our 1 p.m. slate, according to bettingpros.com, uh, we've got the Vikings at Detroit. Um, Wait. Who I think will win this game. I'm going to go with the Lions get their first win of the season against the Minnesota Vikings. And the highest scoring player of this week's matchup will be none other than Alexander Madison. So you think the Vikings are going to lose, but their running back is going to be the highest scoring player in the game? Yes. That's a bold strategy. Yes. I disagree. I think the Detroit Lions are going to win. So I part I guess I partly agree. But I'm gonna say that Jamal Williams, the running back of the Detroit Lions, is going to have a 30 point game and is going nice. to vault his team to their first victory. Has a single Lions player had a 30 point game this season? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, Swift, Swift has, I right? think, reached 30 once. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sure. All right. On Maybe. volume alone. Um, Robbie, who do you think wins? Who do you think is the highest scoring player? So I will be taking the Vikings. Uh, no doubt in my mind, Kirk Cousins absolutely plows through the Lions. Um, Jamal Williams will not get more than nine points. Uh, he's terrible. He's actually really bad. And his best comparable is Ronald Jones. Are you kidding me? Ronald Jones is the best. Rob, Ronald Jones is the best running back in Madden 19 history. Well, probably because Madden is clueless. <laughs> oh, my God. And at, I'm not saying he's good. I'm not going to disagree with you there. You just so, think Jared Goff will be throwing those dumps to Jamal. Yep. I will be taking the Vikings in this week's matchup against the 0-10 Lions. Wow, shocking. Uh, the Vikings have proven to be a high-scoring, high-powered offense. Dalvin Cook to Alexander Madison, there is no difference. Alexander Madison will be just as productive. They will kick ass, but who will kick ass more, Madison or Justin Jefferson? It will be J.J. He will go for two touchdowns, 100 yards, all over the Lions' D. Wow, confidence. 
Confidence. Oh! Oh! <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, that's a good pick. Justin Jefferson always does great. Um, those touchdowns has just been what's kind of in the back of everyone's mind starting Justin Jefferson the past season. Let's move on to our second matchup. Um, we've got the New York Giants are facing the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Miami definitely wins this game. It's not even close. And your highest score from this game, again, I'm going with a losing team for the highest score. Uh, Saquon Barkley, I think, gets on track this week. I think mm-hmm. he gets enough dump-offs um, to get some nice PPR points. And last week, I don't know if y'all saw, he uh, he looked really explosive on one run. Uh, he showed his agility. He showed his speed that he is known for. And he's starting to get back. He's really warming up. And I expect Saquon Barkley to really show up this week, although they will, the Giants, ultimately fall short on the victory, I think. Um, I'll take Barkley. Um, I'm not going to take the Giants, though. I'll take the Dolphins. I also um, take the Dolphins. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you said the, the Giants. Yeah, I'll take the uh, the Dolphins and Barkley. I'll do the same. Nice. He's like, he's like what, three weeks uh, back yeah, now? Yeah, this will be his third week back from injury. Yeah, yeah, I'll take Barkley. I will be taking the Miami Dolphins in a blowout win against the New York Giants. Okay. Current injury status for the New York Giants. We have Daniel Jones questionable with a neck injury. Uh, mm-hmm. Has been practicing in a limited capacity. Will probably play. Not that that's better. Kadarius Tony was a non-participant in the New York Giants practice on Thursday. Sterling Shepard was limited. And this team sucked before all that. Tua has proven to excel against bad teams. And this is a very bad team in the New York Giants. Tua has rookie, quickest kid I've ever seen. Jalen Waddle is the guy on the movies that goes through that field of laser beams that are checkered and you can't touch any of them. That's Jalen Waddle. <laughs> Tua is going to get him three touchdowns against the New York Giants. Whoa! Blowout Okay. Dolphins beat the Giants. Wow. Again, confidence from... Ah! Um, you know, and Jalen Waddle, again, respectable pick for the highest scoring player. I don't think the touchdowns will be there this game. I feel like he just gets, um, a a lot of yards and no touchdowns this week. I don't know why it's an inkling I have. Um, it's just how I feel. And, um, I do want to go back to the Daniel Jones point. I do think Mike Glennon, the backup for Daniel Jones really helps out Saquon's bark, uh, Saquon Barkley's value. Um, they will have to lean on him, especially if also Kadarius Tony is out, who has proven to be just so electric when he gets the ball. Um, so it'll, uh, yeah, Dolphins definitely win this game. But uh, for fantasy purposes, it could be okay. Uh, Rob? 
Yeah, I was going to say the, the big, big thing for Saquon Barkley's ceiling in this game is if Kadarius Tony plays or not. Because either way, Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon are looking for Kadarius Tony. He's quick. He's a stretch player. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's the Tom Savage corollary. Okay. Bad quarterbacks throw to the alpha receiver who commands targets. Yeah. Okay. And if Kadarius Tony's on the field, he's commanding the targets. But if he's not, there's nobody commanding the targets. Darius Slayton has never been a target commander. And Saquon Barkley will go off for 25 points if Kadarius Tony is out. Uh, 19%, 49th percentile, right in the middle. Interesting. Um, so, anything good about him? Nothing. <laughs> so, so, yes. The really, well, I would yes. be a first-round pick. Yeah. And so, one, the draft capital. However, you know, take that for what you will. There is a, at least a correlation of high draft capital to success in the NFL. You know, do they miss on picks? All the time. But they also hit quite yeah. a lot. And so 96th percentile burst, 86th percentile 40-yard dash. We and this is, out of, this is out of NFL-wide receivers. Yeah, that are already very, 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 very fast. Yes, this is eighty-six. I mean, it's a four-four-three. However, the high breakout. I, I mean, this guy is a perennial wide receiver too. Yeah, but he's the best wide receiver on the Giants. I, well, well, and like uh, Eli Moore's breakout said, Kenny Galladay is that wide receiver one. He is perhaps in one of the best positions in the NFL to really succeed as a perennial wide receiver too, if that's what you believe him as. Um, And yeah, I mean, he spent college behind Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Um, He's not a, he's not an X. He is not an X receiver. No, he's a, he's like a Debo Samuel. uh, Maybe like you put the ball in his hands and you just see what happens after a couple of years, you will see this man. Go crazy. He's almost 23, which is actually that's a lot uh for a rookie. Um so he is currently number three on the Giants. Yep. Depth chart as a slot receiver. Yeah. So and well, so the problem with that is Sterling Shepard when healthy plays the slot. Um, so yeah, Sterling Shepard is a big there's 65% three wide receiver sets. Yeah, but but as you see, they'll use Darius Slayton as the split end usually. For now, I don't know. So Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard actually haven't had much overlap this season. They've played, I want to say, only two or three games together this season. Yeah, uh, which is really interesting considering they're both really the slot guy. Um, so yeah, let's look at um, while I'm thinking of it. This is a long time on Kadarius Tony. But let's look at uh, Sterling Shepard's contract. Um, so according to Spotrack, he signed a four-year deal, uh, and that was uh, recent. So he'll become an unrestricted free agent in 2024. So Kadarius Tony, while talented, I mean, that's a big person over your, your like in your shadow, uh, Sterling Shepard. Um, Talent hopefully breaks out over there, but Sterling Shepard is already 28. So he's yeah, signed until he's 30. 
so I mean, yeah, maybe not as much of a problem as I thought. Um, like this is uh, Sterling Shepard. Oh God, this is actually while I'm talking about it, uh, really makes me dampen my expectations on Kadarius Tony. Um, I have been an owner of Sterling Shepard since his rookie season in fantasy football because uh, he's one of those players that's always on the waiver wire but always gets points too. Um, and I'm worried that that might be what Kadarius Tony turns into. Um, one of those players who might always be on the waiver wire and you might always expect points from because he's a slot for the Giants who always find themselves behind and always have to pass their slot receiver. Moving on to the next matchup. We have so much to talk about. Uh, <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons will host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom 12 Brady. Um, obviously, I'm sorry to both of you. The Buccaneers win this game. Um, also, definitely the highest scoring player is Kyle Pitts. Um, I say this because of nothing but premonition. I have the best feeling in the world that Kyle Pitts is going to take the energy of facing Rob Gronkowski in his home stadium and really just be the best tight end on the field. I think he'll get at least 10 targets this week. I think he'll get at least five receptions. And I think he'll get a touchdown this week. I really do. Um, I do think the Buccaneers win, but I really think that this is Kyle Pitts. Like, I think this is his week. I think this is the, it might not even be a super great fantasy performance, but I just want to say, I think this is Kyle Pitts week. Um, Reese, what are you thinking about this matchup? Uh, I definitely think that the Buccaneers are going to win. Um, I think that's definitely a lock. So definitely agree with you there, but I'm going to take, Leonard Fournette as the uh, highest fantasy producing player. Uh, I think he has a similar game as his game last week where he had like, he only had like a hundred yards or 130 yards from scrimmage. So it wasn't that crazy, but he had four touchdowns. Um, so he scored a lot of points on touchdowns and I think that's going to happen again. I think he's going to probably have like a hundred yards or something like that from scrimmage, but he's going to score like every time they go in the red zone, it's going to be Leonard Fournette who scores. So. That's a good guess, um, especially with garbage time. Like they might lean on Cornette just to, you know, get the clock running. Um, I mean, they might use Ronald Jones for that, but you know. Yeah, it, it it could be one of those games like the Cowboys game where the starters are pulled in the third quarter. Which in that case, that wouldn't really benefit him at all. But you know, I, I think we'll keep it close for at least like two and a half quarters. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it gets to that. The Falcons, while bad, have done a pretty good job on at least keeping the game competitive. Um, even when they played the Buccaneers earlier this season, they scored like 20-something unanswered points. Yeah, we uh, played them pretty well in the first game. So I'm not, I don't think we're going to lose like we did to the Cowboys, um, but I still think we're going to lose. And uh, Robbie, what do you got? So I will be taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by 31 points, 34 to three. Tampa Bay Buccaneers win by 31 points. Tom Brady throws three touchdowns, two to Rob Gronkowski, one to Mike Evans. Chris Godwin goes for 80 yards and Leonard Fournette 
gets one touchdown receiving and one rushing. Ronald Jones sits the bench where he belongs, and Tom Brady wins like he always does. 30 points, I think, is a lot. I think Buccaneers probably win by at least 10. 31 is a lot of points, but I think they're um, Vita Vea, by the way, questionable. Um, a big part of the defense, but they've still got JPP and Adamican Sue. So it's not like, I mean, Vita Vea obviously takes the Evan White. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Vita Vea takes the defense from like the number five rushing defense to the number one rushing defense. Uh, he is that good, but um, they're still very good without him. Uh, so yeah. And um, could get if out. I may, Falcons don't have a rushing offense anyways. Corderell last week was running up the middle, like through the holes, and he was hitting the holes really well. Yeah, Corderell's looked good, but yes, no. I mean, Mike Davis is poo-poo, uh, literal doo-doo Mike Davis. Uh, really stinky as hell. Like, I, that. there's not much you can say about Mike Davis. Besides, he had a pretty good fantasy season in 2020. Um. But uh, we'll go ahead and move on to our next matchup. We've got the Chargers in Cincinnati. The winner of this game is going to be the Chargers. I say that because it's a must-win game for the Chargers. So, therefore, they will win. However, however, the lowest-scoring player will be Jamar Chase. He'll get less than 10 points this week. Easy. Asante Samuel Jr., um, combined with some safety help of maybe Derwin James or the free safety. Um, we'll stop Jamar Chase this week, which is unfortunate. The highest scoring player, Mike Williams, will score over 30 points this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Guaranteed. I see Reese shaking his head. I'd like to hear his thoughts on this Bengals-Chargers game. I'm just shaking my head because I think you're so biased for – in favor of Mike David, I mean uh, Mike Williams. I have a really, I know, but you're you're still holding on to that just that sliver of hope, and especially in the heat of Keenan Allen uh, long sleeve season, I just don't I don't see it happening. This um, by the way, and I don't see the Chargers winning either. By the way, I don't see that happening. Oh well, while we're talking about sleep, Keenan Allen, before you tell me your winner, this is the first game of December. Do you think we see sleeved Keenan Allen this weekend? We haven't seen I think it. I think it's it's possible, if not likely. Yeah, I think it's likely. Cincinnati? Yeah, in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It's probably cold. So we see Sleeve and Allen this weekend. I think we will. I think you're right. Wow, wow, wow. So with the information knowing Sleeve and Allen is probably showing up this weekend, are you sure the Chargers are going to lose? Uh, I, like your, I like your point about it being a must-win game for the Chargers. Um, but it feels like the past few games have been a must-win game for the Chargers. So, and they still lose, and they still find a way to lose dumb games. Um, like they were two weeks ago, they were up like fifteen or seventeen points on the Vikings at one, at one point. They lost that game. Um, that's just what the Chargers do. I love them, but that's what they do. Uh, so I think the Bengals are going to win, and. I think I think Sleeven Allen is gonna is gonna have a big game. Um, I think he's gonna have like a hundred yards by halftime, and then they're gonna be trailing in the second half, so he may get like eighty more yards or ninety more yards. I could see like a two hundred yard game from Sleeven Allen. Wow. 
Um, but I still don't think they're going to win. I still think they're going to struggle. Hey, uh, yeah, so Los Angeles, Cincinnati. So I wanted to talk real quickly about a little math, quick math you can do in your head to determine what is a good fantasy matchup, okay? It's really quick math. It's good. Anybody can do it. If you're listening right now, you can do it. Get a little napkin, get a notepad, open up your Microsoft Excel or or Word, whatever you use, your, your iPhone calculator. Okay. Plus 10 points for a good quarterback and minus 10 points for a bad defense. Okay. And that's how you determine what's a good matchup for my fantasy player. Okay. Justin Herbert, good quarterback, plus 10. Joe Burrow, good quarterback, plus 10. Los Angeles and Cincinnati defenses, about mid-tier, but just for this example, we're going to go bad defense, 350 yards a game. They're both giving up, 348, 350, you know, round up. We're not, you know, we're not sticklers here. That's a my that's a plus a plus 40 fantasy matchup. That is the best fantasy matchup you can get. Okay. Gonna be a huge game. 34-31. Cincinnati Bengals take it. Joe Burrow passes for 400 yards, and T. Higgins gets two touchdowns. Cheers. No. Uh, you bring up a great point, and it follows my Jamar Chase has a rough game this weekend. Um T. Higgins could pop off. Tyler Boyd could pop off. This definitely. Chargers versus the Bengals. Two historically meh teams who are finally hitting the stripe. This is going to be a 30-40 point game from both of these teams. It's going to be awesome for fantasy purposes. Start every player, even your Jamar Chase, even though we're saying that he might do poorly. Um, Literally. Literally start everyone you can from this matchup because every single person has an unmatched ceiling. This is the week to start any of those players. We'll go ahead and move on to um, our next matchup. We have the Colts heading to Houston off of a loss. I do think it'll be close. I mean, I know, yeah, shocker, NFL game is close. Yeah, yeah. But it is the 6-6 six and six Colts who are very good. Uh, with Jonathan Taylor and just the rest of the squad um, yeah. on the the Texans who suck. Jonathan Taylor scores the most points in this game. Second highest score because that's too obvious of an answer is T.Y. Hilton. Rob, he is wide receiver number two for the Colts. Is he not wide receiver one when he plays? Michael Pittman, by far the alpha receiver. For the Indianapolis Colts. Interesting. Who wins the game between the Colts and the Texans? Definitely take the Colts here. <laughs> you know, Jonathan Taylor's a beast. Naeem Hines is underrated. He's going to catch 10 passes, you know, probably get in for a scoot and score. Uh, you know, they've got actually an underrated playmaker in Ashton Doolin, deep threat, their only deep threat. Michael Pittman's a nice possession receiver. T.Y. Hilton, uh, you know, has uh, regressed a bit and has been hurt. So I expect Ashton Doolin to go for at least 50 yards this week. And I expect the Colts to handle the Texans, the two and nine Texans by 10. And I think Jonathan Taylor will put up 30. 
I mean, fair. I mean, that's basically like 150 yards and a couple touchdowns against the Texans. That's it's Jonathan Taylor. He's been crazy this season. So yeah. Well, and consider the game script if they do go ahead. Yeah. He gets the ball after that. So. Yeah. Well, you have to ask yourself. I haven't seen it, so I'm asking. Do they just put in Naheem Hines when they're up that high? And that is why you said maybe Naheem Hines gets the scoot and score. Um, yes and no. You know, they put in Naheem Hines anyways. Right. Um, and so do they put him in when they're up big? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But they were, they're going to put him in regardless. Yeah, um, and I mean, to get up big, you're expecting your stars to have already to that point done really yeah. well. So, and so um, Jonathan Taylor, the reason Jonathan Taylor is RB1 is because he gets the volume. You know, he gives up a few passes to Naeem Hines here and there, but he still gets the volume. But he is just so efficient with the yes. volume. I mean, how many runs has he broken for just 50, 70, you know, 60? It's just crazy. And it's like, if you're getting 18 rushes and you break one of eight, for 50 plus yards, there's going to be games where you go for 150 plus yards and two touchdowns. Right. He is the RB one and nobody gave him the respect in the draft this year. No drafting him. Number nine, number 10, you know, our next matchup to talk about, we've got the Eagles heading to New York versus the jets. I'm assuming Zach Wilson's getting the start. So I'm assuming the Eagles win. And of course, Jalen Hurts is the highest scoring fantasy player this week. It's not even within question. Devontae Smith could have a good game. I don't think he does this week. Um, But even then, even if he has a good game, he's still not scoring higher than Jalen Hurts. I think there's an off chance that Jordan Howard even with Miles Sanders is the second highest scoring player this week. I believe that because they're going to put him in on the one. Jordan Howard could very easily get two touchdowns against the New York Jets. Rob, what do you have to say? My sleeper for this week is Dallas Goddard. He is amazing. He is due. He is good. Jalen Hurts is playing the Jets. This is Dallas Goddard week. This is Dallas Goddard tight and one week. He's 6'5". He's good. He's on a team where the quarterback runs a little bit, and so he gets a little less targets. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that he can't pull out two TDs against the New York Jets. Zach Wilson whose best win was Coastal Carolina. Oh, wait, he lost that game. His best win was whatever other team was just a little bit worse than Coastal Carolina, and they don't get much worse than Coastal Carolina. No offense, they're a great winning program against East Coastal Carolinas, you know, like whatever. And so Zach Wilson, who has never proven to be good against any good defense in his entire life, who is – an exciting prospect, but is not proven to be good. Right. Uh, you know, against Jalen Hurts, who has proven it, who put up 36 points against the Atlanta Falcons week one. 
Right. Let's talk about this. Why are NFL scouts so bad? Why did Mac Jones, the quarterback who, mind you, just set the record for most passing yards in a college football season, fall to 15? Wow. Didn't know that. Wow. How do four or five quarterbacks get picked before him? Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields. Justin Fields. So four. Pick before Mac Jones. Sure, you can make an argument for Justin Fields. Yep. Of course, you can make the argument for Trevor Lawrence. Agree. Trey Lance. But you do not take North Dakota State. Right. Trey Lance over Mac Jones. Mac Jones. I am, will die on this hill. Mac Jones is QB fucking one for the next 10 years. He is the guy. And the fact that the New York Jets organization thought that they were just smarter than everyone, that they were so smart, and that they were going to outsmart the rest of the national professional football league with millions on the line, but no, we're smarter. Zach Wilson from BYU yeah. is our guy. Yeah, no. And Over that's Mac Jones from Alabama, whose wide the- receiver won the Heisman. Why are they thinking so hard? Oh, he's better than Mac Jones because he's dual threat. Right. Oh, because... Because he can also run. Well, this is the NFL. Yeah, You don't have to run if you right. can pass. Because right. guess what? Passing is more efficient than running. Right. That's why most NFL teams' pass-to-run ratio is 65% plus. Right. And you pass up on the most accurate quarterback prospect there is in a league where you have receivers like Justin Jefferson, like Debo Samuel, like Tyreek Hill. You have all these extremely talented receivers where all you have to do is give them the ball. You literally just have to give them the ball. Just and give them the, them the ball. Max Jones got Kendrick Bourne two touchdowns last week. You took Trey Lance at three when you could have traded him for the pick 15 and another first. Right. You took Let's Trey Lance and you took Zach Wilson because you thought you were so smart. And, and, and they're so – they have a higher ceiling. Well, Mac Jones' floor is a starting fucking quarterback in the fo- National Football League. Yeah, it, does, it just doesn't make any sense. But, you know, quarterback's hard to predict. Who's your, who's your number one flyer? What, it, what does a flyer entail? Like less than 50% owned? Uh, a player, yes, less than 50% owned, available in more than half of leagues, and who has the potential if circumstances and the stars and the gods and the spirits and, and luck aligns, has the ceiling to be a flex one or two rest of season. His name is Rex Burkhead. Bro, that is so cap. 
what are you talking about? Rex Burkhead stats for the last two weeks. Um, and this isn't his ceiling, by the way. Last week, 12 carries, 27 yards, three receptions, 27 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, it's the Texans. The week before that, 18 carries. Eighteen carries for 40 yards. Um, and his true ceiling, uh, four carries, 21 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, well, I guess not ceiling, but best, best uh, performance, three catches and 27 yards. That was a week where the team also had Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram still on the squad. Um, now it's just him and David Johnson. I predict, with the schedule, by the way, um, excluding this week, um, after they play the Colts this week, the Texans will take on the Seahawks, the Jaguars, the Chargers, and the 49ers, who are all under 50% against the run. Um, I believe that not only will David Johnson get hurt, that Rex Burkhead will be a beast rest of season. Um, and I'd like to know your thoughts. I think that that is the most dumbass shit I've ever heard. And that Rex Burkhead isn't even ranked in the top 100 rest of season on playerprofiler.com. Oh my God. <laughs> Let me say this, Rob. Let me say this. <laughs> Rex Burkhead is going to pop the fuck off and we'll have at least one game before the end of season over 30 points. Anyway, we'll move on to our next matchup. Oh, yeah, next matchup. Next still match. at 1 p.m., by the way. Right. We're still on the 1 p.m. This is going to be a good one. It's a good one. Uh, this is a great one. The yeah. Arizona Cardinals are heading to Chicago. The game, the game itself may suck because uh, the Cardinals are going to crush. Kyler Murray's coming back. DeAndre Hopkins is expected to come back. Cardinals by honestly 20. Uh, the spread is seven and a half. I will give them 20 points. Easy. Cardinals destroy this game. Highest scoring player, obviously Kyler Murray. So if Justin Fields plays, I think the Bears win. I think D Hop gets 75 yards and a touchdown, but I think the Bears win. A-Rob draws the best cornerback. Darnell Mooney goes for another 80 and a touchdown. David Montgomery, 75 and two touchdowns. I think the Bears win 27 to 21. Cardinals aren't bad, but they're not good enough. Bears come back in to the playoff race, five and seven. Wow. That's a good prediction. I mean, the Cardinals are at nine and two. And, I mean, with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins coming back from injury, they may be slightly rusty. Your next matchup at 4 p.m. We finished the 1 p.m. slate. Uh, we have the Washington football team heading to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Now, here's the deal. Chase Young is out. He's gone for the rest of the season. Rest of season? Yes. Wow. But Taylor Heineke has proven himself to be only good when it matters. The dude is so awful when it does not matter. But in prime time, he shows up and Agreed. gives you the win. He just won Monday Night Football. Uh, Agreed. He, had, 
he did not get the win last season in the playoffs, but he was the only team to get within one score against the Buccaneers. Oh my God, he was damn close. And I was talking to my girlfriend about this. Yeah. Taylor Heineke is the best story in the NFL. Yes. I love it. Old Dominion University. Nobody goes there. I've never heard of anybody from there. They're a total terrible program. There's total doo-doo garbage, borderline FCS. And Taylor Heineke says, F all of y'all. I'm going to go in the wild card round of the playoffs in 2020 when I'm sitting in my old bedroom and I'm watching. And he's going to put up, you know, 20 plus on the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, and almost beat Tom Brady. And then this year come back. Who's he playing this week? Uh, the Raiders. The Raiders. He just beat Russell Wilson. Do you think he can't beat Derek Carr? Right. Easy. With an injured Darren Waller without Henry Ruggs? You right. Josh Jacobs and who? Brian Edwards, who hasn't produced anything, even though he's good. He hasn't yeah. produced anything. Yeah. yeah. Football team goes into Vegas and wins. Ends the Raiders season, in my mind. And saves their own. The highest scoring player from this game will be Antonio Gibson. He's looked great um, the last few weeks. I, the Raiders, I just don't think, get it together this week. I, the, the football team has gotten their defense together, and I just think it's going to be straight control the whole game, and Antonio Gibson is going to get the volume that he needs. And that's going to be it. Uh, he might finish with only like 15 points, but I really think that that's probably the ceiling for every player in this game beyond maybe a quarterback. But even then in standard scoring, I mean, I think even Heineke or Carr max out at like 15 for this game. I think both score under 30 and Antonio Gibson takes home the highest scoring player for fantasy this week. What say you? Agreed. I mean, you have the opportunity for, you know, Josh Jacobs to do another two touchdown game, but I mean, I just, I don't see anyone outscoring Antonio Gibson. Terry McLaurin always has a ceiling, but you know, yeah. it's a, it's only a, a 49 and a half over under. I mean, that's, that's about average and, and you know, the, it's going to be an even game, but I mean, think about the superstars in that game. There's not that many. No. And Antonio Gibson is, you know, and and so you've got to go with him for, for the max, you know, ceiling play there. We have the Jaguars, the two and nine Jacksonville Jaguars, heading to Los Angeles to take on the Rams, who have sputtered. They have been nothing more than fine. Um, and it's weird. It's weird to see. I do think the Rams get it together this week. However, I do want to put on the record that I think this game is close. I think both teams score under 30 again. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it might not be close. I still think the Rams maybe win by like 10. Um, but it, it, it'll just be a sludge of a game. I don't think the Rams score that many points. I think the highest scoring player in the game between the Jaguars and the Rams is, of course, none other than Odell Beckham Jr. I think he gets two touchdowns, but less than 100 yards. Um, I will take the Rams. I think the Rams will probably win by, like, 14, maybe, 15. Um, and I will take Cooper Cup to go for, like, 
30 points. I think in the Jacksonville Jaguars game where they're traveling to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, that they will get absolutely skunked by the Los Angeles Rams with Odell Beckham Jr., we're talking about the Jaguars where we almost considered picking up Jamal Agnew because of he got a couple targets because they don't have anybody to throw to. They got 31-year-old Marvin Jones. Dude, you yeah. want to take the Jaguars? Take the Jaguars. I'm taking the Rams by 100. Highest scoring player will be Daryl Henderson with 23 Wow. Points. Totally fair, especially if the game gets out of hand. Daryl Henderson should totally just run out the clock. We've got the Seahawks next, who are going to be hosting the 49ers, who do kind of have their backfield figured out with Eli Mitchell, who is looking like a fabulous rookie. Um, he has been phenomenal with the volume he's been given, and I think he keeps it up. I do think, though, while Eli Mitchell might have a great game, I don't think he'll be the highest scoring player, nor do I think the 49ers beat the Seahawks this week in Seattle. I think the Seahawks will win, and I think DK Metcalf will be the highest scoring player. The Ravens are playing next week, well, this week, and they're traveling to Pittsburgh. They will actually lose this game. The Ravens will lose to the Steelers this week, and the highest scoring player, though, will be Marquise Brown. He pops off this week. Uh, he gets at least one touchdown and 80 yards this week against the Steelers. However, that's still not enough. Um, and the Ravens will lose. Um, let's say you, Sony Michelle, past age apex. I think that there's no chance that Mr. Big Ball of Dust, Ben Roethlisberger, has any chance against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I know that they also have Devontae Freeman, who was good back when I used to, you know, watch Big Time Rush. But, yeah. you know, it's still Lamar Jackson against Ben Roethlisberger. You choose. What would you choose? Lamar Jackson, Heisman winner, you know, one of the most prolific quarterbacks of all time. Probably – would, you know, you know, if he had the same career path as Michael Vick, would have been more popular than Michael Vick. You know, he's the guy. And you have against Dusty Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, who are you really going to choose? Right. They still lose the Ravens. Um, Eli Moore's breakout. What you got? Uh, I love Lamar. Um, I think he's had a, a somewhat of a down year. He's had a weird few games. Um, I would love to see him get like some, I don't know if redemption is the, the right word, because I don't think they've played the Steelers yet this season, but I would love to see him get back on track this weekend. Um, I think he goes for something crazy, maybe like two rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown kind of line. Um, I, I don't remember if we said we're including – quarterbacks in the top fantasy we producers are. i'm gonna go lamar i'm gonna give him like 35 um and i'm gonna say that the ravens are gonna take the win who has more touchdowns this year 
Mark Andrews or Pat Fryer move? I'll go Fryer move. Yeah, same. Fryer but I bet Andrews has double or triple the yards. Yeah, exactly. He has double the yards, but Frymuth has one more touchdown. Well done. Yep. That sounds about right. He's getting it right in the end zone anytime. Like, yeah, if they're inside the 10, he's like the guy. Yeah. They're like, all right, where's Pat? Let's start with him. Um, and that's pretty good. That's what you want out of your tight end. Um, speaking of good tight ends. We have the Chiefs, uh, Sunday night football. They're going to host the Broncos, and they're going to crush the Broncos. They're going to win by at least 20 points. Um, and the highest scorer in this game will be Tyreek Hill. He'll score over 30 this week against the Broncos. Um, easy, 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 easy. Uh, you seem a little shocked by my uh, prediction for over 30 from Tyreek. Eli Moore, what you got? Um, I, I don't know. It, it's not shocking that, that you're saying that Tyreek Hill is obviously one of the most prolific fantasy producers. Him and Kelsey are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I like Denver this year. I think they've played almost everybody close. Um, they beat the Cowboys by like 25 for 30 points in their own house, which was cool. Uh, they beat the Chargers two weeks ago, which was cool. Um, I like them, and I think they're going to keep it close. I think they might actually even win the game. Um, but I still – I think you're right. I still think Hill is going to go off, and I think he's going to be the top scorer. But that's only because I don't see any of the Broncos' uh, receivers having a huge game. Um, and I and the way that their backfield is split up in basically 50-50 between Gordon and Williams, I, I don't think either of the running backs are going to go for a lot. So I think you're right. I think Hill's going to pop off, but I'll take the Broncos. Okay. All right. And I would love, and I would love to see that happen. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be good to see. What do you have to say, Rob? How many fantasy points do you think Cortland Sutton scores this week, Reese, comparative to Jerry Judy? Uh, so I think, so Tim Patrick is, is playing. Uh, Jerry Judy is playing with, and obviously Cortland Sutton is still the number one. Um, I don't think off the top of my head the Chiefs have a lockdown cornerback one, but Cortland Sutton has been really, really disappointing this year. So I'm going to say Cortland Sutton goes for like 45 yards on three catches. So in our league, it would be, I guess, uh, one and a half plus 45 is six points. Um, I agree but I, with you. I but think- I, do, I think Judy might have closer to 100. Whoa, 100-yard game from Jerry Judy. What a prediction. Possibly. I like it. I like it for sure. No doubt, but uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, Pat Mahomes is just too good, and he's going to put up 50,000 points on the Broncos, and he's going to uh, throw three touchdowns for 4,000 yards to Tyreek Hill. True. The last game of the week, Monday night football. The New England Patriots, age and four, will travel to Buffalo and take on the seven and four Buffalo Bills. Well, they will win by one point, 14 to 13. And the highest scoring player will be Ramondre Stevenson 
with 11.2 points. And that's how the game will go. What say you, Rob? I think you're absolutely out of your mind. I think the top two running backs for new, the New England Patriots does not include Ramondre Stevenson. You know, it's very obvious Damian Harris is the in-between-the-20s running back, and the satellite back is Brandon Bolden. They're using him in the pass game. They like him. For some reason, he's being used. He's getting 10 targets a game. Ramondre Stevenson, more like Refrodre Stevenson, he is not the guy. He is a total situational. He took advantage of the situation. Well done, but you're not the guy type running back. This happens all the time. Everyone thinks they're so good. They're not. They're a third stringer for a reason. You know, good for him, and I'm rooting for him, but you're not the guy. New England Patriots still skunk the Bills. Josh Allen cries and Mac Jones wins again because he's Tom Brady 2.0, and I really think he's the GOAT. So, Robbie, how do you explain uh, the 88th percentile BMI of Ramondre Stevenson comparative to his 22nd percentile 40-yard dash, 47th speed score, yeah. 11th burst, and 11th bench press? Where, wh- where do you, how do you explain that? That's the thing. BMI is only an indicator we use for players we believe are good running backs, okay? If you're a good running back and you're compared to another good running back, we want to see who has the better BMI because that's an indicator of who has the less chance of getting hurt. But more importantly, we want to know who's a good running back and name Another player than Arian Foster who ran a 4.6940 or worse and was a good running back in the NFL. You can't. It's too it's Garrett slow. Blunt. Who? Garrett Blunt. That is an outlier and you know it. It doesn't matter. Guess what team Garrett Blunt had his breakout season with? The New England Patriots. That is not a direct correlation to success. I'm going to come back to this tape in three years. And when Ramondre Stevenson is a 2,000-yard rusher. Flip it, bitch, because Ramondre Stevenson is Refrodre Stevenson. <laughs> 2,000 yards by 2,024. There's a, okay, you know what? You've got this recorded, right? Yes. If. Ramondre Stevenson. Wait, what do you mean by 2,000 yards? Over like 2,000 yards. Um, yeah, in a season. Okay. If Ramondre Stevenson gets a 2,000-yard season, I will personally pay for you and Madison to fly anywhere you want in the entire world, and I will pay for a four-and-a-half-star hotel for two weeks. But it won't happen. All right. Fraud. To help you out, the year I pick is 2024. Um, that's the last right. year it can happen. So if it happens in the 2024 NFL season, all right, I'm holding but you to it. The deal is, if it doesn't happen, you owe me beers. I owe you beers, and that's totally fine, and that's easy um, and acceptable bet. Uh, Reese, who wins? Who's the highest scoring player? 
the Patriots are trending up and up and up. I know they're not favored in this game. Obviously, it's in Buffalo. Buffalo is still a really good team, despite their okay, pretty good record. Um, they they started off a lot harder than they have been recently. Mm-hmm. I like the Patriots to win. Um, I fourteen to thirteen is a great scoreline. I like that one. I'll do like thirteen to ten or something. Thirteen to nine, which maybe that might be even score gummy. And I will take Mac Jones as the highest scoring player. I don't know. I feel like the Bills have the Bills have an advantage, but New England is just so silky. You know, it's hard to pick them against them. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. So who wins? Who uh, and who's the highest scoring player? Damian Harris, truther. So my top player for this game will be Stephon Diggs, who's going to put up. 25, baby. Oh, wow. That's a lot to predict against the New England defense who notoriously shuts down the number one target. And what, you say the Patriots win, the Bills win? Oh, man, I can't. I can't pick I know. against Mac. I can't pick against Mac Jones. I think he's going to win. Yeah. Yeah, this will be a great game. Yeah. End of season di- uh, division rivalries are always a great way to end the year. Regardless of fantasy football outcomes, this is a great time for NFL football. The playoffs are right around the corner, and it's just such an exciting time of year for not only football, but for the holidays and for it all. A guitar? <laughs> the average football.